Hi, I'm Carrie Adams and you're listening to Carrie's Corner. Here we talk to the movers and shakers, the drinkers, the dreamers, the people who make it happen in the liquor industry around the world. So, let's get sipping. Today in my studio, I have got the gorgeous Brian Kluver. Thank you for joining me on Carrie's Corner, my Brownie. Hello. Hello from Stellenbosch. How's it going up there? We're cold in the cave. All the way from Stellenbosch. And I'm looking at you. And in fact, everybody will be looking at you soon because this is going to be on YouTube. Cool. And it looks like, it looks like your weather, you, whilst you've got beautiful trees and things <laughs> in the background, it looks like it's overcast. And a bit mizzy in Cape Town, is it? Yeah, but you know, this is a proper spring. Winter carries on until, mm. you know, end of September-ish. And then, and then, you know, the Western Cape is cool this time of year. We get a couple of nice warm days, but then we also have those rainy days, which is absolutely perfect for what we do. It's exactly. You have to have those rainy days. And we are having such hot, hot, hot. Today, Johannesburg, I think, is... 36 or something ghastly like that but it's beautiful but it does sort of make the spring it curtails the time of the spring because everything's out and new and fresh and lime green and pretty and blooming and the flowers the roses and then it just gets too hot and they all go for lip and, and so die in the, the heat the gardens out here are stunning at the moment like it's and me, this is kind of a weird thing. Like, I actually, like, I must be getting older because I'm actually excited when I drive. I'm going to say, Brian, what's, hap- what's <laughs> happened to you? Are you one of my little boys? You would never talk to me about the garden before. <laughs> no, but like, my little pinocks are growing and the azaleas are beautiful. It's, it's, it's really special. I know. I know. It's a lovely time of year. Well, I'm phoning you about a couple of things, not least of which. Bartonese unbelievable success with their cabinet. Talk, brag, yeah, sing from the rooftops, oh, beat your chest, tell the listeners and the viewers <laughs> what is going on. So we just found out today, this morning, that we got 95 points for our Skyfall Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, so pretty much you get 95 points and that is a gold medal. It's like one of the highest ratings you can get. And it is the highest And it's the, interna- it, it's, it's and it's the, the international... <laughs> it is the highest rated <laughs> cab uh, in, in, in the world according to International Wine Spirits Competition. There are a few people that got 95 with us. And so all of us go into the competition, into another tasting, another blind tasting with all masters of wine. Hey, there's not a taster on this panel who's not a master of wine. And, no, it's uh, heavyweight stuff. Yeah, no, this is big guns. And, um, and they, and they taste these wines blind again. And then we have an opportunity to be rated best Cabernet Sauvignon in the world for the second year in a row. So, so are you allowed to tell us who your, who your competitors are? Um, yeah, actually, I would have to just quickly go. To I work, know that uh, Villafonte should be there. Hey, yeah, but, there. but they're a blend. So it's a little bit different. But haven't they just got a straight cab? No, they've got a, um, they've got the C, which is cab dominant. The M, which is our yeah. Merlot Malbec dominant, but not not eighty five percent. They operate in like the seventy so, percent. Oh, I was going to say, is the C not eighty five percent? I thought I thought Villafonte C was eighty five percent. I can't keep up with those kids on that farm. So they're 
There is a possibility. Well, you used to be one of those kids. What do you mean? You used to be a Villafonte right? Yeah. Mm. So, Brani, tell us who else is in the lineup with you with the IWSC wines. Um, so, I, I do know that Kane Azalza did pretty well. Uh, they also got a nice. They fire. always do. They, they make fantastic wines. But, you know, this is a Stellenbosch thing. Stellenbosch is just really, really, really great. A cabinet. And Nobody um, more excited than me. It's, 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 I've been it's singing the from the rooftops. Yeah. Exactly. We've been so. saying forever, ever more, we need some Appalachian control. And Stellenbosch is the Cabernet King. It is. So we need End of story. Focus. 100%. 100%. Yeah. And well, congratulations. I mean, Rose and Michael must be absolutely doing a fairy dance in the rain there at this stage of the game, hey? 100%, but three times in a row, plus 95 points. That, that for me is the real, real kicker in this, you know? That shows no, consistency. the consistency. And, 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 and the and tell me, terroir. Great terroir gives you consistency. It's great. Great terroir. Brian, you tell me, is Renelle Viet still making that wine? 100%. I don't think she'll ever leave. <laughs> so you must never Renelle. let her leave. Fair call. Very, 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 very fair. This is her 10th vintage this last year at Bartony. So she tells us she's only wow. starting to understand what's going on. So considering that she's... Do you know she's... that... Carry on. Carry on. You, you, oh, so, carry no, so on. We've she... got a time lag here. So we're going to have a bit of a ooh-ah, ooh-ah, push-pull. I don't know why we keep getting these time lags on this on this recording. Uh, you know, we also live, you deal with wine farmers. So, you know, our internet is not rock star status like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so you were, ta- you were saying that Renelle's, it's her 10th vintage. She's just getting to, familiar with her vineyards. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's, imagine what she's going to be able to do with the, with the wines that are already hiding away in our cellar. And then what's yeah. still coming in the future. And, what I'm really willing to say this to is Renelle brought a focus back to the soil uh, on this property and getting the vines right and getting the vines in balance. And you can clearly taste it from the 2012 and 2013 vintage. The wines had a touch too much uh, rough tannin and a little bit edging on too, too herbal. So I like herbal and Cabernet. I think it's an essential part, but it shouldn't be like green, minty sort of herbal. It should be like dried no, herbs, the, like oregano. The botany wines, the botany wines were lovely, but they needed finishing school. And Renell has taken them to finishing school. And I must tell you that I know Renell from when I first came back from living in England and I went to work for Anglo American Farms. Renell was the junior red wine maker in the Bosch and Dole cellar. And I've known my darling Renelle since then. She is such a hot winemaker. She just gets it. She knows exactly what she's doing. You're lucky to have her, and she's lucky to have you. It's a, it's a perfect marriage. Listen, she drives me up the wall because she cannot do a spreadsheet, and, um, and I can't get a Good for her. And Michael and Renelle <laughs> defend her every single moment and just say she's an artist. Mm-hmm. She's a creative. Yeah. If you've got a problem with that, go and sit and type everything out yourself. And, yes, and, go and sulk in the corner by yourself. And isn't that great leadership? To like identify yeah. those types of people, create a space where they can grow yeah. and succeed and not be forced like into, by people like me to do things my way, but still feel that you can be <laughs> celebrated. I, I, I just think that's I think it's absolutely a, fantastic. Yeah. 
I think it's a boy thing. I think boys like to have things done their way. <sighs> but us girls have worked out how. Just going to cut them anyways. You guys have already taught my wife how to do it, so thanks. Um, good. Good, <laughs> Brian. Uh, and before we even start talking any further, I was about I was about to take the listeners and the viewers on a journey of Brian Kluver because Kluver is a very famous, famous name in the South African wine industry, and you are one of those. Um, I always say to the Kluvers that it, it shouldn't, shouldn't be a you, it should be an E because you're all very clever. And you are part of the Clever family. So tell us a little bit about your background. I'll do a praise for them, and then you can expand. I've known you since Villafonte days. You were with Villafonte, one of my favorite farms, and Mike Ratcliffe, one of my favorite people in all the world. And Warwick, you were with Warwick for a long time, steering that ship in the right financial direction. Then you went to work with one of my favorite boyfriends, Julio Bertrand. I loved him. I loved him dearly. Sadly, we'll have to have a sip of bubbles to Julio. Was it last year that he passed away? Actually, it was longer than that. I think, I think it was, it was three years ago. Time flies. Yeah. I know. Anyway, you were then at Morganster, and then you phoned me and said, Carrie, I am moving on. I'm going to Bartony, and I feel like it's my home. So that's, that's a quick pricey. Give us a your background as to your little journey and which of it you've loved and which of it you've found to be the most, the most important. So in your I've life. got one big correction to that. We met a long time before I was at Warwick, and that was when I had my first really? job at Antony Rupert. And you took oh me for goodness, lunch of course. With, with Julian, and we had a seafood platter in Hart Bay, and we drank ridiculously good wines together with Julian Cohen. That's quite right. I forgot about the Rupert story. How could – Dr. Rupert would kill me. How could anybody forget about him ever? <laughs> he is larger than life, and he belongs to all of us, and we love him. Yeah. How so could yeah, I so have forgotten that, about him? So, so that I, love, I, I enjoy correcting you. But to go right back. Oh, um, I'm I getting would, old, Brian. <laughs> I would go all the way back to, obviously, the family. I was, I was so blessed to uh, to be, a, well, some sort of connection to Port River Wines. I'm a, I think a lot of people need to die before I inherit the farm. So I've, I've realized <laughs> it's, it's, that's not in my best Yeah, you're interest. the sort of Prince Harry. You're the Prince Harry <laughs> exactly. of the Clovers, really, aren't you? <laughs> So, so I'm so lucky, man. Paul, Paul Junior, Paul Senior, have just been so, so kind to me throughout my life. Like, I actually, had my 30th birthday party there and met my wife there. We got married there. It's just, it goes so far. Paul has been a mentor to me my entire life, even when I was at varsity. Uh, we were hanging out. So, but really, I've always had a love for the land from always visiting family functions at Port River. And then, but the wine bug only bit me when I was about 14 years old and my dad and I and my sister had lunch with Ken Forrester, 96 wine year old. And oh, he's infectious though. He's absolutely infectious. He's worse than COVID. Fair call. <laughs> so, and and yeah. probably more dangerous. <laughs> um, I, I had my first Shannon then. I had my first grappa, which maybe is a little bit too early to have a grappa. Oh. <laughs> and, and and then walking back sounds in, like kid in, in in the old FMC vineyard, and and then I I I think he took a whiz on one of the vines, 
and was just talking about the soil, the life. Yes. And, the, and from that moment, it, it grabbed me. And um, then when I studied at university, Ken was again very kind and organized me a job at his restaurant. And I worked as a waiter there at, uh, at, at Ken Forrester, and I just learned and grew in that environment. It was awesome. Yeah. awesome Ken awesome. is an amazing, he's just an amazing man. Yeah, just so special. And then, so I never studied winemaking or farming or anything like that. I actually did uh, logistics and marketing. And it's probably I, your saving grace, Brian. Fair call. Very, 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 very cool. Let me yeah. And um, so, and then I actually happened to live in a house with a whole bunch of people who were studying wine at the time. And a lot of them are really good old friends. So it was uh, Jocelyn Hogan from Hogan Wines. Um, it was Chris Arlight, obviously, who makes Cotology. And oh, wow. Peter and Finlayson lived in the same house. Um, and How did that happen? I, it, I don't know how we survived. Uh, <laughs> and Donnie Stater Jr. lived on our couch. Um, so, uh, Irene Waller from, um, uh, from Labrie, she was, in, she was always there. So it's just this incredible yes. melting pot of cool people, wines. Yeah. And so I used to obviously work shifts at the restaurant and I'd come back and they'd say, oh, like, we're so tired from working harvest. I'm like, it can't be that hard. Working the floor in a restaurant <laughs> is hard. And then... <laughs> Strangely, and there's another guy I left us, Chris Bastard from Remorter. And then, oh wow, I randomly those bastard boys. I was at school with his mother. Oh wow, no, she's lovely, huh? yes, what an elegant woman, yeah. And um, so, randomly went to a bride there in 2005 and then met this French guy who happened to just have flown in, and he is now the new consultant at Attorney Rupert Wines, the new wine seller they built. And um, oh, wow. so so we're chatting and he's like, oh, he doesn't have anyone to work and he has to put together a team. I was like, well, hey, I actually want to work for Harvest. Can I come? <laughs> and he's like, okay, fine. And so he, he took this guy who knew nothing about the operations of a seller. And, um, and we worked the most incredible Harvest together. And Rosa Kruger was the viticulturist at that point. Uh, oh, Tony Rupert. what a wonderful treat. The first time I met her, she walked in to the seller and just started screaming at me. And I had no idea who she was, but we left the grapes outside for two hours. And she was so upset mm. that we they'd worked so hard for a year to produce perfection. And then our <laughs> laziness in the cellar that we hadn't taken it and kind of covered it with love and total affection. And just, tissue paper, yes. It destroyed yeah. her. So anyway, so that was my first impression of her. And I thought she was nuts. And um, and it was just a, she a, probably a, is, which is why she's so good, I think. True. And then um, and then I actually met Johan Rupert there in the cellar, and we one day because he spent a lot of time there. We just finished building it, and at the end of harvest, he just called me up and said, "Hey, my marketing person just quit. I know you, I heard you studied marketing. Do you want the job?" And so straight out of Varsity, technically, he took a massive risk on me. And um, he's amazing like that because he's done that with a lot of you. And I mean, Brownie, if you remember, there were a couple of you youngsters, my little boys, as I said, and, and Johan Rupert was, he took a risk on all of you. There was Bear, there was you. Um, I'm trying to think who else was in that. Boys, was there was there for, was That's there. right. He's yeah. So, and and I have to tell you that another the, example of the guy they took a risk on. Absolutely. And, and you have all 
come up smiling and smelling of, of very good wine. <laughs> and, and I tasted some of that, that Antony Rupert wine the other day, Brian. It is really, really drinking nicely. It needed time. They are making very nice wine in that cellar. So, Johan Rupert did the right thing. He put his money where his mouth was. He said, I'm going to put a whole lot of youngsters into my team. And I'm going to let them make mistakes. I don't know how much trouble you did or didn't get into because he can be quite fearsome. Um, but the wine is tasting jolly delicious at this stage <laughs> of the game, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one credit I get to him is it's my favorite story is like I had to sign off my first label ever and didn't really know how to do it. Someone gave me a piece of paper to like tick all the boxes. I ticked all the boxes and cool, no worries. Print the labels, put them in the bottle. And then I got a phone call from this company, this person from Sarvis, didn't know what that was. And uh, they're like <laughs> sounded like a bit of a like a baby SARS. Yeah. In which case you put the phone down and say, sorry, you've got the wrong number. <laughs> I wish I'd known that. And and <laughs> and we changed something on the back label, but I never submitted it to uh, to Sarvis <laughs> to check. And and all the wines were rejected. So I had wine all over the country with labels on because I said it was best suited to the soils of the farm. And, and, but so everyone else since then I found out has done these little mistakes and they let them go, but they didn't let this yes. one go. So Johan Rupert no. eventually had to call him, explain to him what just happened. <laughs> anyway, he just, and, and let's think about it. In his world, this is not that big of a thing. Yeah, it's a bit of a first. It's a bit of a sort of a first world problem. Anyway, so like he's like, oh, whatever, and just hangs up. And then I, I walk into a meeting with him a month later, and he's like, "Are you still sulking about that label thing?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, I'm trying to work out. I'm going to pay you back. You know, it's like twenty thousand rand, and I'm like, you know, I work it all." <laughs> he's like, "Don't be an idiot. I forgot about that ages ago. I employ young people Aww. because I believe in them, and they're willing to make decisions." Do it, make decisions, and make mistakes. Just don't make the same mistake twice. And it's a simple What a legend. And, and what I, a legend. I encourage every person I work with now to have that same attitude um, about these It's things. very healthy. So anyway, so because that is, it is the best lesson, I have to say. And especially if you make the youngster feel like they have to pay it back for a few months and then you let them off the hook. <laughs> the relief is so enormous. <laughs> Yeah, but, but it depends. If they have that accountability in their nature. If they don't have that accountability, yeah, exactly. then you have to get a little bit stricter. Anyway, but then I was there for five, six years, and then I also realized at some point I, I needed a different type of experience. So I I handed my resignation, and I, and I and I worked in – and I left, and I worked in Argentina, some harvest there. Then I moved across the yes. south of France, and I worked there in a little town uh, called Juc, just outside of Aix-en-Provence. Now travel, and then oh. I also worked in Purat, traveled through Burgundy, did Bordeaux again, but like did grassroots levels, like really in it. Imagine going to Domaine Romney Conti, and I drank their rose inside the workshop because they wouldn't let me into the fancy room. Oh. But, now that's bragging. That's yeah. sort of bragging, Brownie. And, and so, so it is. Know, I remember you phoning me from Priorat one year. I think you were in Priorat when yeah. it was my birthday. And you phoned me, you were with somebody, I can't remember, we had a bit of a hilarious telephone call. I think you'd had far too much to drink. And we had a lovely phone call, and I was so proud of what you were doing because you really did get yourself around Europe and find out exactly how many beans made five in the wine industry. I think you really, really did. 
How long were you in Europe for? Uh, just over a year in Europe, and then and then I ran out of money, so I had to come home. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, yes, the, of course. At, 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 at the same time, my father actually had the contract with the South African government to deport illegal immigrants, and I, I suppose I can only say this now. But so he employed myself and Chris Arlight, who also quit his job at the same time. <laughs> And, and we became security guards and deported illegal <laughs> immigrants um, for a little bit to make extra money because we were so bankrupt oh. and we couldn't find jobs when we came back. Um, so that was quite fun. I hope that Chris, Al- I hope Chris Alhart returns the favour in in cartology at this stage of the game. So Have you tasted his recent vintages? Oh, it's delicious. So I've actually got his fortieth birthday next weekend to go to. So I, I think there should be some magnums of that floating around. I think there's got to be a magnum or two of, of thing. And I think you should just remind him who, who loved him and punted for him and shouted his name from the rooftops when he was young. Just remind him who his friends are, will you? Because so, so, you can't get a bottle of cartology for love nor money. So I've got a nice story about Chris, actually, I wanted to mention today. Is I've never seen this before, but this is probably something – that I'm really loving in the South African wine industry is Chris shared to his entire database, which is gold, his assistant winemaker who left him two years ago, started his own brand. Chris sent an email to everyone on his database. Guys, this guy makes amazing wines. I think you should support him. And I've never seen that. That's special. Like, why would you? That's special. That was such a cool thing, I think, to do. Um, And so, yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. He's really, really magical that way. Um, yeah, an endorsement from Chris Elhart is is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, exactly. it's a very nice thing. But to do. one thing everyone needs to realize is, without his wife, that man would be a complete and utter mess. Suzanne Kellerman or Suzanne Elhart. But, but Bryony, without without any wives, most men would be a complete gibbering idiot. Oh, cool. They would be. Cool. <laughs> I'm going to get shot off this yeah, program yeah. one day. <laughs> I love men. I love you all. I think you're gorgeous. We love you for what you are. Bunny, tell us yeah. some more. So you, so you left, you left the Antony Rupert stable, and that's when you went to join Julio. Oh no, 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 that's when you went to Warwick. No, that's when I went to Europe. Then I came back. Then I worked at. Villa, you went to Europe, came back. Worked at Villa, Villa uh, Fonte. Villa Fonte and Warwick with Mike Ratchett, and I just loved that. I really think that was my truest, growing, most formative years. It was just to work in an office with someone, and Mike and I were lucky enough to be that close. We're, for five years we shared an office. I never heard him say a bad thing about anyone. And no, he's amazing. Outlook and, wine and he and is a marketing industry. machine. Yeah. And listen, he, he pushes too far sometimes, but is he? Like, I think we don't push enough in South Africa. We need more champions to stand yeah. up and shout out how good we are. Yeah. And, and we're yeah. starting to see that coming through now. And, um, uh, Ibn Saudi's Carmenella getting resale market values, which are mind blowing. And, I just think mm. we need to kind of just shout a little bit more about how good what we're doing in this country is. I think we're all being so quiet at the moment because everybody in the world is so dead, scared, terrified of offending anybody. I mean, I've never come across anything like this in my life. You know me. I'm a sort of a straight-up, straight-shooting person, and I don't keep quiet for most things if it's right. I don't think you need to cause trouble for trouble's sake. But I do really think that we need to stand up, as you say, 
and and be counted amongst some of the other people. And yeah, we did have a few years of apartheid. So everybody had, everybody's got, you know, all dogs have fleas at the end of the day. When you get to my age, you realize that there's not really a dog on planet Earth that doesn't have a flea. So you don't have to be embarrassed about that flea forever and ever and ever. And hey, we're trying to fix all of this stuff. And in doing so, we're actually producing some really, really good wine. Shit hot wine, excuse me, but we really are. There are some fabulous wines coming out of South Africa. So let's stop apologizing for what we were and start shouting about what we are. And, you know, all over the place it's great. What they're doing in Human Arda Valley is stunning. What they, there's some yeah. good wines coming out of, um, out of the plate area. There's some good sparkling wines coming out of there now. Like, let's not have this attitude that, oh, they're different, they can't do it like us. Let's just celebrate across the board brilliance. Um, Listen, if you're a purist like me, I have to say that I would far rather do Magnum ice creams on Beachy Head um, <laughs> than the wine from from there. <laughs> but, but it's not to say it's not to say that it's not nice. There are there are people who have put a lot of time and energy and money into it, and as you say, it is just very different. And I think that everybody needs to embrace that right to be different. I love the craziness and differentness. It's so boring. Yeah, me too. So, so boring. Yeah, I know you've. But then I want to jump like from there. And so Warwick was amazing. I joined Morgester for a while. And listen, it's an amazing property with great wines. But then this opportunity at Barney came up and I was like, I can't miss this one. And it's, no, it's, what a wonderful opportunity. It's this little farm. Tell everybody who your boss is. I mean, we're keeping it under the radar. Not everybody knows it. So but Michael Jordan is a legend, isn't he? He's an absolute rock star. And his wife, Rose, is a force of nature. That is for sure. And between the two of them, they've just laid the most incredible foundation here about me um, that is holistically sound. The property is healthy. And... I managed to join them to kind of maybe be that shouting voice a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, Renelle Vith, the winemaker, is brilliant, but she's not She's not going to stand up and, and tell everyone how great the wines are. It's just no. not in her nature. No. And um, so I was lucky enough that the opportunity came up that they needed someone to come and join the team and maybe just put a little bit more emphasis on what we've achieved and what we were going to achieve. And, 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 and So just give us a little bit of a... Brian, you just give us, everybody, a bit of an idea. Where do we find Bartony? When we're driving along in Stellenbosch, where do we find Bartony? So if you're driving over the Hellswater Pass, you're driving from Stellenbosch to Franschhoek, driving the most beautiful mm. road. On the top right corner, you get Delechraf. On your left-hand side, yes. you go to Kara, Talima. Then you come down yes. the road just a little bit, like 100 meters, and you won't even see a sign for our gate because we're not like that. And you turn mm. right up this little private entrance road and you come around this corner and then everything just opens up it's the most outstanding beautiful so, valley which is the bunker yes it is beautiful is that the same valley that um oh gosh now you have to i've got COVID disease where i remember the first letter of everything so this one starts with an o Oldenburg. that's it so Oldenburg, are you close to Oldenburg? We are very close, so, but we're on a different road. So we actually, on our own driveway off Hellswater, they're just on the next road slightly lower down. 
But oh, Brian, it's so pretty on that side of that mountain. It is gorgeous. just absolutely gorgeous, yes. So tell us now, what have you got there? Can the listeners and the viewers come and visit you? Can they taste? Have you got restaurants? Give us the whole lowdown. Okay. So we have four little guest cottages on the farm, which are epic. There, there's Most of them sleep four people. There's one that sleeps six people, and there's one that sleeps two. And they're these beautiful farm cottages. So you feel as if you are on a farm, living on a farm. It's almost like your farm. The second the gates oh. close and the people leave, you just this, there's a quietness that comes across. And then, the, and then you start hearing the birds. And then you start hearing the water flowing down. It's just one of the richest, loveliest, peaceful experiences you can have. Uh, Rose herself has designed all of them. She's actually an architect. And the, the furniture is homely. And pretty. It's just one of those cool things. Yes. They're, they're, yeah. There's one table outside that's covered with this beautiful vine. And I just go sit there some evening and there's no guests here. Just have a glass of wine after work. Oh. And I just feel like any of that rubbish no. that picks up on your back during the day just disappears. So You are a privileged little Watson. Do you know that? Yeah, but, to be able to go and sit and drink in that and enjoy that most magnificent space, it is. we have to know we are all very blessed. South Africa is very beautiful. So those are your four little cottages. What else have you got then for we've us? We've got a tasting room on the farm as well, uh, which is run by Carmen and their team. But we kind of go for that look and feel, you know, like that modern-day restaurant where the waiter's service is exceptional, but they've also got tattoos on their arms and dreadlocks. Like, okay, really so a bit Julian Shortish. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly <laughs> the perfect description. Yeah, uh, he's so cute. Oh, he's epic, eh? Such a fun guy. Mm. So, yes. No, he's gorgeous. And he's also super top, top, top class when it comes to service and knowledge. And I think that that's the underlying thing that you need to stress here. Bartony is so classy. It flies under the radar but it just delivers quietly and very sexily in an intellectual way. We need many more Bartonies. Oh, and that's such an awesome comment. It's, for me, it's mm. just, I don't think we all need to look the same to still be brilliant. And like, I, mm. I want individual charm to come to you. I don't want the guys serving the wines that it sounds like a robot. They, they, they must yeah. be telling their own versions and their own stories. And so we, mm. so we got a vineyard right in front of the, the the taste room, which has been proved Gyu style. Um, so slightly different to your standard trellising. And like, I, I yes. spent a couple of sessions with the guys in the vineyard because we're the vineyard right by the taste room that they must show their guests. And so it's so cool listening to them now, how they explain yeah. pruning to the consumer. And it's yes. brilliant. Like I'm actually starting to change my stories to be more like this. <laughs> yes. Because they're, yeah. they're, they're bringing in relevant things out of real life. They're not talking like a wine geek, but they, 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 they're, they're talking about new wood coming across and, and how the fruit intensity is growing on a fresh new wood and not old wood. And, and their way yeah. of explaining it, it's just so fresh and lovely. No, it's, it's, a, it's a very um, novel way of presenting oneself. Botany has just got it right. So you've got is Renelle working on her own in the cellar, Brian, or is she has she got an assistant of sorts that's, in there? It's just her and she's got the two most amazing guys, Robertson and Lucas, who've been with her they've been at the farm longer than she's been here. So we're talking fifteen, eighteen years. 
And so she's got this incredible small team. There's not a day you walk into the cellar and you don't see like Renelle with wine on her hands or on her pants or on her dress. I know. Her, her mouth and her nails have been permanently black ever since I met her. She's, she's just a red wine, complete and utter fanatic. Yeah, I wasn't she sure she, really she was gothic when I first met her. Like she was like, <laughs> yeah, she probably is a bit. <laughs> Um, Tell me something. Do you still make? Do you still make that noble savage? We do. Um, so we always use the vineyards that didn't make the quality of Bartony uh, would be used into noble savage, but because I love that one, and I th- I thought of you the other day. Somebody sent me. I can hear your puppies. That's what made me think about it. Because somebody sent me a thing the other day, a cartoon of a guy sitting, obviously in a loo with the door sort of half open and a caricature of a, of a golden retriever walking along. And it said underneath the most, probably the most noble retriever of all time, <laughs> the lavatory retriever. So the, no- <laughs> the noble rescue of all time was the noble. And I thought noble, noble, noble savage. I haven't had any for such a long time. So you're still making it and you're still selling yeah, it. Yeah, so so we don't sell it on the farm anymore where we used to in the past. We still serve it in our little wine bar, yes. which I haven't even mentioned yet. We've got a wine bar on the heart. I was going to say, we've got to get onto that wine um, bar. It's it's the, one of the funnest places to go to. It's quite cool. Like you, you, you kind of just walk out of your office or just walking down the road in Stellenbosch and, you, and you'll just bump into some fascinating people. And it's for me, like, I hadn't lived in Stellenbosch for the last 10 years. And for me, it was an absolute mm. epicenter of seeing the change in Stellenbosch. So when I was in Stellenbosch, it was just lily white everywhere. And now you yes. walk down the road and our, our wine bar is 50% color. Col- and it's not just Colourful. young people of color. It's older as well. It's so, it's turned into this melting pot of, of cool people. And maybe it's a lot of Michael's friends and connections who are supporting us who, who happen to go there. As well, but it's just turned into that spot where everyone looks so happy. Where is I thought the wine bar was on the farm, but is it in Stellenbosch? In the heart of Stellenbosch, yeah. So, oh wow, um, okay. It's this little dinky building. We haven't changed the decor in ten years, and it still looks Mm -hmm. as stylish as it originally did. It's one of those timeless-looking places. We pulled out a whole bunch of. Well, Rose has got style, so anything that Rose that Rose Jordan does is just. Got that little touch of class, so yeah. She, she took all the vineyards of the farm that we uh, that we uh, cut or actually removed, and she stuck them on the roof. So it's this beautiful, almost artwork of this vine growing That's up nice. the wall and across the roof. It's really, really, really epic. But it, it wouldn't be busy and so successful after ten years that people didn't think the wines were great. And Exactly. So are you selling only your wines in there? So we sell our wines and then what we don't have, we kind of plug in with, with other people that we like from the area. So uh, we used to do yes. bubbles there, but now obviously since we bought Placer de Mole, we now sell yes. We're going to do, do a separate, we're going to do a whole separate interview on Placer de Mole because I want to, you know, I I don't think that we've actually outlined it clearly enough. Michael Jordan used to be the big boss of First National Bank, didn't he? Um, Just for those of you who don't know. And Michael tossed everything out of his pillow slip in Johannesburg and packed it in a suitcase and took it down to Cape Town to the Western Cape. He bought Bartony with his wife, Rose. And in Michael Jordan's inimitable way, he has just gone on to be quietly additive and supportive and progressive 
in an industry that really, really needed a big Michael Jordan shot in the arm. And I don't know how long it is that he's been there for now, but it must be a good sort of 15 years. Hey? Yep, exactly. L- so it's is that pretty it, much 15 years ago now that they bought the farm ago. Uh, it was pretty much now yes. 15 years ago. So I've got, a, yes. I've got a nice spin on that story. So this farm actually was his great-grandfather's farm originally. And then his grandfather's. Oh, really? Okay. And then, um, and then it was sold out of the family. And then when he made some money at First National Bank, he bought back technically what was would have been his inheritance. So the f- That's a really cool story. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful a great, story. The great-grandpa should have been shot and hung and drawn and courted <laughs> for selling the family farm. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's unfair to judge the situation. I'm sure there was some other things going on. <laughs> um, but... Um, but and, and then what actually happened is he stayed in Joburg and Rose moved down here with the daughters. And actually she's yes. the one who re-energized the farm completely. And she ripped out all the alien vegetation, all these old trees, the blue gums that were here, they were just suffocating the farm. And we took them out and all of a sudden our dam filled up. And all of a sudden uh. nature came back into the farm. And like now there's owls everywhere. We've had leopards on the farm we've captured on, uh, oh. on our cameras. And that's also something I left out. We've got the most insane mountain biking trails in this valley as well. Um, yeah. So it all kind of interlinks yeah. really, 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 really brilliant. And Brani, how much wine are you, are you producing every year? Enough to sustain the farm? Or is it really just a... Is it a Jordan plaything or is it, is it sustainable? No, it has to be sustainable, period. I'd like, I, I would not have joined for a toy. Um, I think it's, I, I, I think we, we must always celebrate investments in the entire industry, but investment that is just for ego is pointless. The, the real yes. job at the end of the day with, with regards to sustainability is we have to be able to at least cover operating costs, but I also believe we need to c- cover the investment. Otherwise our industry will always be a B grade industry. It's it's yeah, it's never gonna go forward. It yeah, has to go forward thing. with top professional people taking it seriously and championing. We can't stand back. Otherwise, you know, eventually there's and, a child inheritance inherited. It's just like this I'm, I'm tired of losing. No one likes losing. Yeah. And I, No, 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 nobody wants to be a loser. Exactly. So we've got to win, and that's the only way we can as an industry sustain ourselves. So what we are here is yeah. Obviously, there's been a lot of investment that's gone into the property, but we have to become, yes. we're not there yet, but we have to become self-sustainable. And most of the reason why we're not there yet is because we're doing a massive replanting program at the moment. So we. Are you? So that's what I was about to say. From here, from here upwards and onwards, what is on the sort of botany cards for the next five years? Just a quick sort of sketch. So I think the best way to do it is we, we learn for the first 15 what works and what doesn't work. And what we've learned is we were lucky that we got most of it right in the beginning. So we planted the farm mostly with uh, Cabernet and Chardonnay, and there's a little bit of Sauvignon Blanc, and way back in the day, a little bit of Pinot. So what we've done is we, in the next phase, we are just focusing on Cabernet and just focusing on Chardonnay. So where we can't plant Cabernet Sauvignon, we will plant uh, Chardonnay on those sites. And... I'm so pleased to hear that because that's really sticking to your knitting. And I think that you might have learned that from our darling Mike Ratcliffe somewhere that Maybe. there's <laughs> absolutely no merit. There's no merit in having a thousand different labels on your farm when you know quite well that you are absolutely excelling at Cabernet and Chardonnay. Why plant anything else? 
And, the, and we're listening to the land. We're not listening to markets. We're not listening to the trade because you'll never, ever catch up. You have to go back and listen to what your land is rated doing. And you need to champion that. So I love yeah. Pinot. I love Shiraz. I love so many different wines. But what we need to do is what is the land giving us? What is, what is, what, where are we not fighting against nature? And go with nature and channel it in that way. And, uh, exactly. and, and embrace that. That goes so nice. Like I, I, the team have built their own little group that are, are planning the future plantings of Barsley. And I was part of it and I said, I need to step out because I'm just getting in the way. And <laughs> I sat at my desk listening to them and I was so jealous. I couldn't be part of this conversation. The intellectual stimulation that was going on in that space was my yeah. And just hearing these people bouncing off each other. It was like Renault was giggling yeah. and super excited and our farm manager was deeply in it. And then we got this, a land surveyor who's involved and our viticulture consultant. It was just such a special moment. And at the end of the day, you said, I'm not signing the checkbook. No, I gave him a budget up front. <laughs> and this is what's beautiful about a guy like Michael. He's like, I went to him and said, listen, we need to, if we're going to go, we, we're good. We're really good now, but we, I want to be great. I did tap into his yeah. and Rose's ego a little bit. And I'm like, I said, guys, this would be great. And, um, and, and, and they said, okay, come to us. I was like, listen, that's how much money I need to do this and achieve, but this is how much the team needs this to, to do it right. And I do it right yeah. up front. So we're not always spending money trying to fix things. We're getting the foundation perfect. No. And, uh, and, and we gave the number and then cool. He said, that's your budget. Now get on with it and achieve greatness. So, yeah, you know, I think Rose and Michael just deflected the pressure straight back onto me. So I don't think I really realized. <laughs> But yeah, that's the plan. So, as I said, I think I've already said to you once, congratulations on your Skyfall Cabernet. Before I move on from there, why Skyfall? Um, why was it called Skyfall? So it actually goes back to, remember I mentioned about these alien trees and everything, but there's this there's yes. a section on the farm that uh, is actually, a, there's an old river that cuts the farm in half. And it kind of cuts in a way that certain slopes face the morning and certain uh, sun and certain slopes face the afternoon sun. So it's really a symbolic part of what this farm, really the DNA of the farm is. And so way back in the day, this kind of got overgrown with blue gums, black wattles and everything. And Rose ripped it all out and then actually planted all indigenous trees up this beautiful section of the farm. And then subsequently, then she got into mountain biking and, uh, <laughs> and built a mountain biking trail through it. And it's called Skyfall because you're kind of falling from the sky. It's about 2Ks of track that go through a 100 meter fall. It is the most amazing thing. And then so we kind of just fell in love with the name. And then we were looking for a name for the new uh, Reserve Cabernet. And just Skyfall just was so symbolic of, of the symbol. It's gorgeous. I love the name. Through. And, 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 and so we, and so we just grabbed it from that and, and whacked on the label. I'm sure we're going to have James Bond concerts a couple of years time. It's like trademark. I was going to say, the or... next one's got to be money. The next one's got to be money penny, you know? There's <laughs> a pretty creative name to uh... find in there. So we'll see. Yeah. But, yeah. But, but we, so we are we've... a naughty farm. So we're kind of like edgy a little bit that way. I know. I love that about Bartony. And when you told me that you were going to work there, 
I think I said to you, I know that you're going to fit in 150% there because there is that sort of edgy, that edgy mischief that comes through from Bartony. And Renelle, of course, is so completely left of center. You just <laughs> never know where Don. She honestly could be sitting with her little legs tucked up, sitting on a rock like a garden gnome. She, you never know what's coming from Renelle. She's like a little garden gnome and she's a wizard in the, in the winery. So she's fabulous. You've got a great team by the sound of things, um, that you finally managed to get together and you've got a fabulous lineup of wines. So if anybody, um, is listening or watching and they would like to go, how do they, you've obviously got a website. Tell us where they find you. So www.bartney.co.za, our Facebook channel. And it's B-A-R-T-I-N-N-E-Y, Bartney. Um, and I do highly recommend that it's coming summertime. It's lovely. Get down to the Cape, go and have a visit and, and go and grab Brian out of his office and say, come and show me this fun, edgy space that we've been speaking about. Go and have a couple of drinks, um, glasses of Bartony in Stellenbosch. What's the bar called? It's just the Bartony wine and champagne bar. And yes, we serve champagne as well. Very, very important. We knew that would get you there. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to come and have a glass of bubbly. And and Brian, beyond this, which we're not going to spend too much time on now because you and I are going to do a completely separate program, um, Michael and Rose bought Plaisir de Mille, which is a massively gorgeous property that's very close to people in the industry who've been around for a long time. It's one of our most precious, most beautiful properties in the whole of the Cape. Um, just a quickie is, is it up and running or is it mothballed and waiting for some, for some Jordan magic? So the, the Jordan magic doesn't happen slowly. Um, we opened, we, we took an old shed that was like 300 years old and converted it into a brand new tasting room within two months. It was oh. just a creative explosion. Um, I think yeah. Rose was only allowed to do upkeep work according to the contract because we only took actual ownership as of the 1st of April. But Rose kind of yes. got in there and just rebuilt the whole thing. It's no, this is just maintenance. And, and there's, there's no <laughs> doubt. I just, is she getting, is she getting her daily dose of Ritalin? Are you sort of, are you sort of pushed, putting that in the pro neutro in the morning to just try and keep it all calmed down to? That brain is on super drive, and I don't think you can <laughs> medically control it. Um, it's it's it, it we we don't wait at Barton. We and I think also, and, and I mean this out of respect, uh, the the property had been in a corporate culture for a long time. Where yes, you have to it had really certain rules. Yeah, and and, yeah. and we don't do those rules, um, and so it's just been such a beautiful explosion of life into the place and you can see it everywhere from the farm manager to the vineyard team to the garden manager it's it, it is amazing how everyone is energized and wanting to do things and coming forward with oh, Brian, it's a beautiful property and you talk about cabernet <laughs> if renelle thinks she's making nice cabernet at Bartony, wait until you taste what she produces out of that place i don't know how or why or where from because it's sort of on the front hook border really isn't it um plaisir de Merle, for me in that same 
corporate space that we've been talking about has continuously produced the most extraordinary Cabernet. It is liquid, crushed, black cherries, raspberries, chocolates. You just, you want to have one bottle after another after another. It is exquisite, that Cabernet. Classic Cabernet. Cabernet. Classic, classic. Yeah, great Everything that's good about Cabernet screams off that problem. Yeah, that's what we want. So you and I are going to have a really fun hours podcast chat about Plaisir de Merle. In the meantime, is there anything, any parting shot that you want to leave my listeners with about Bartini? Oh, I'm going to be sneaky on the Plaisir de Merle thing. Should we do a little bit of a teasing thing? Because I've, Let's do a teaser. I found some 1994 Cabernet. It's one of the first Cabernet oh. that came from there. I'm going to send you a bottle and we're going to drink it together in the show. And then why don't we also do some form That's of competition that like, so that a listener or something like that can also win a case of this wine. You can't Sounds buy it. Sounds fantastic. You can't buy it. We'll open it on while we do our, t- our, our podcast. We'll talk about it. And then we'll... We'll think about a fiendish competition of sorts so that somebody can enter online on the YouTube channel or whatever and we'll give them a case of six. And maybe we should give a bottle to Franco Pinot because he won the World Cup that year as well. He did. We got oh, no, 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 no. That was 95. Damn it. Uh, that was a 95. Yeah, cool I'm not a rugby person. Okay. We'll find somebody cool from okay. 94 and we'll, and we'll share that bottle. We could even get them... Someone famous, we'll get them on the telephone sure or on this podcast. Thing. <laughs> we know, and we know between us, we know everybody who's famous. So we'll, <laughs> we'll do that. Parting shots on Bartony, which we absolutely love. It's one of our little gems in Stellenbosch. It has been restored so beautifully. It is an exquisite from, ge- from a geographical perspective. It is in one of the most beautiful valleys in, in the Western Cape. We've just been awarded 95 points, and I hope that we go on to win the best Cabernet in the world, according to all my colleagues in London. I really think you might. (laughs) I I really think you might. so. Um, So that's a great big well done. What else would you like to leave the listeners with, Brian? I I think you kind of tapped onto it. Come visit us. Like I'm I'm not going to try and – it's try to explain this one. It, it's too difficult to put these things into words. It's it's one of those places you need yeah. to come to, you know, step into our home. And and this is what it is. It's an extension of our home, the tasting room. It's not yeah. it's not a proper tasting room. It's somewhere you feel as if you are part of it and you can feel who we are when you're in it. So come visit us on the farm, Do come mind. stay in the accommodation. We still have some availability in November ish, but then unfortunately the Brits have started booking. So have they? Yeah. Well, that's good news. Yes. That's fantastic. And, Brownie, before we go, can I tell everybody that you, in addition to a gorgeous wife, at home you have a cherub. She looks like a little cherub. <laughs> She's got a head mop of beautiful, beautiful curls, and she looks like a little Raphaelian cherub of a doll. How is that, baby? She of yours? So well. And the next one is due now at the end of November. So. Oh my word, uh, I didn't know that. Completely outnumbered by little girls and, and the most beautiful wife. So yeah, I'm really, really, really Aww. excited. And, but my daughter goes to school at Talima. How cool is that? I drive to work in the morning. No. I drop my daughter at school. I, I just got a notification on my computer that I had to go fetch her. 
And so, and so her, her school. You've got a very big problem. You've got a big problem if Giles Webb gets hold of that child. <laughs> he, is, he is going to teach her the naughtiest things. He is one of the loveliest men in the wine industry. I love that Giles Webb. He is as funny as the day is long. Have they built a little school on the farm? It's it's like he kind of it's not known, but it is there. And my daughter is at school with his grandkids. So that's the kind of community-ish well, thing that we have here. Yeah, so no, cool. Giles and Barbara are two of my favorite people. They really are superb. She couldn't be in better hands. Brani, you're a star. I've loved chatting to you for the last hour. You are a rock star. Please tell the Jordans, heads up. Bottoms up, elbows up, everything. And we're holding thumbs Thanks, man. for the best cabernet in the world. I want to be the first to know when you get that news. And until a week or two's time, because I'm down in Cape Town next week, I'm doing Diners Club Winemaker of the Year. Oh, cool. I hope you've entered. Have you got a Bordeaux blend? No, we don't. We actually use one of the wines. That oh, come on, make one. It, no, we're focusing. Put one together quickly and send it in. <laughs> no, 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 no. We we are focusing. We do have one. It's only available to our wine club members, but it's like a little sneaky thing we do on the side. But um, <laughs> Well, I'm down there next week doing that, so I might even just phone you and say, let's quickly go and have a glass of bubbles at your wine bar irritated if you in don't. Stellenbosch. I'm going to. I'm going to do it. In fact, on Tuesday, I'm going to phone you, awesome. and we'll set up a time for a fabulous chat about Plazetimol. In the meantime, Cheers to Bartony, which is one of our jewels in the crown. Awesome. Thank you so much, Carrie. And thank you for helping us communicate all these cool stories. Thank you, my buddy. Let's go pick a